Hey, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem Podcast, where we aim to help you, the big-hearted changemaker with a bold vision to build a business that gives you butterflies and a life that makes you want to high-five yourself. How? By addressing the interconnected nature of all that you do. From marketing to mindset and everything in between, we believe your business is more ecosystem than monoculture and that when it comes to creating sustainable success, it's all connected and there is no one-size-fits-all formula. Join us for conversations that embrace nuance, elevate the importance of empathy, and address the diverse and unique strengths that enable entrepreneurs to not just make money, but to make real lasting positive change in a regenerative and revolutionary way. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem. So beyond excited today to chat with a longtime biz bestie and a woman that I just respect so much, the one and only Sage Polaris. So I'm going to read your official bio because it's very badass. And then I wanted to tell a little story about my first encounter with you that you might not actually know about, Sage. Ooh, la la. I'm here for all of it. Let's do this. (laughs) All right. So anyone who is not familiar with Sage, she has written high converting copy for more than 350 clients, earning them millions of dollars. She helps personal brands and service providers sell more of their service or offer with the words on their website. She's worked with Shailene Johnson, Chrisette Michelle, Rick Mulready, and Lynn Twist. Basically, she makes money for the internet famous people we all look up to. So I was thinking back to before I even jumped into the copywriting world And I was just a, you know, wannabe famous food blogger. And (laughs) I had started to research, okay, copywriting, what is this? Who are the epic copywriters out there? And I found your website so quickly. And I remember crushing on you way back when you had these, I think it was like vacation themed packages. And I just, I just adored you and looked up to you long before we ever met. And I think that was about eight years ago, maybe nine years. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. That's awesome because you never know who's looking right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I had summer vacay packages. I think one of them was a honeymoon, which is like a shorter time to work with me. Anyways, that brings me back as well. Thank you, Shanti. Can I yeah. share how I first interacted with you before you knew it? Oh, yes. Yes, please. <laughs> this woman comes around in the Copywriter Club, which is run by Rob Marsh and Kira Hug, and she is so friggin' smart. She offered to create a quiz for the Copywriter Club. And it got her in front of the entire community. And at the time, I don't know, there was like thousands of copywriters in there. And she just immediately, Shanti, you immediately stood out to me. And I was like, okay. And then shortly after that, 
like we started a peer mastermind, which was amazing. And Tarzan actually, Tarzan K brought you into my circle, which was great because I already knew who you were. And I was like, oh, I love it. Let's bring her in. And then it was just so fun to like really get to know you. And shortly after that, we landed in San Diego. I was speaking at the Copywriter Club retreat and I got to see you in person. And I was like, life is amazing. (laughs) Yes. I, I still get every year a little reminder picture. And I think now it's like four years ago and we've got like our hilarious sunglasses with cherries and flamingos. And that was so yeah. Fun. What's so good about that moment. And you probably don't know this is you're in my like welcome nurture sequence. <laughs> that picture of us is in there. <laughs> Because it was that moment where I was standing with you, where I was like, wow, this is really my life. And you were having that same moment and we were in San Diego and it was like warm and beautiful. And it was March. I just like so distinctly remember that moment. It's like forever burned in my brain, which is amazing. Anyways. So now, you know, the full, like how much you've affected my life. (laughs) Ah, Okay. I'm totally gonna creep your welcome sequence after this. And, uh, <laughs> I'm signing yes. up right now as um, we speak <laughs> <laughs> and maybe this is too early to speak about it but we'll have a link in the show notes for you to sign up for a free gift with Sage whoever's listening and maybe that's how you can get that story in full <laughs> oh yeah bring it okay and that was not the copywriter club event that you were at I don't think John but no no I think I was the year afterwards yeah New York City Mm -hmm. oh okay so that is that how the two of you met kind of we we met have we ever told our origin story on the podcast of how we met (laughs) no I don't think so I don't know I met Dawn at Unbounce's conference. Unbounce, the Unbounce conference in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Because before we hit record, you both said that you live near each other. And I thought maybe that was the connection. But funny enough, a conference brought you together, even though you now live next to each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And we did not live close to each other at that time. Well, relatively speaking, in Canadian terms, you're really 12 (laughs) hours apart. But... Yeah, I love how conferences bring people together and just like real life in the flesh, like feeling someone's energy and that creating a lifelong connection. Totally. Shanti, you came to the 100 person event I did in Niagara Falls with Tarzan K and I will never forget being able to be in the room with people like that. And I I guess I wanted to add like, and a testament to this is your partnership with Don is that like, you never know who's going to be in the room, but those relationships for me, at least have tended to last the longest mm-hmm. online relationships are amazing and great and are sometimes long lasting as well. But there's something to be said about being in the room with each other mm-hmm. that creates a new level of magic for me anyways. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think that pretty much all of my like best, Ooh, maybe not all because there's a couple I made in the last couple of years when there hasn't been a lot of like in-person gathering, but all of my best 
copy buddies or expanders or even mentors I met either at that unbalanced conference and that one I was just like who is this cool hippie looking chick with the cool hat <laughs> we like we like kind of met through that and then we actually connected via the copywriter club underground too but the copywriter club in real life T-C-C-I-R-L in Brooklyn. I met so many people who like I am connected with still on the regular and like get advice from or give advice to. And yeah, it's really, yeah, it's really sweet. I would, I would love to one day again, just like have no worries about anything and just be able to gather with large groups of people. And we would all like get along and get to share in what we're passionate about without necessarily being like called to deal with uh, like big world issues all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. Although I will say like what I've been able to feed my soul with is to do VIP days with just one person and they've been coming to Palm Springs and that's been super magical. Uh And while I do love the synergy of large groups, I also feel a certain way about that right now. So that's been an incredible in-between solution for me. And being an empath, like Shanti and I, like I really, Don, I don't know where you stand on the spectrum of empath or not, Mm -hmm. but um, being an empath, like holding space for one person versus a hundred people is a lot like easier on me. (laughs) I loved running that event in Niagara and co-leading it. It was incredible. I will never forget it. And at the same time, it was a lot to process. I had no idea like by the third or second or third day, I think it was the second day Literally every single person who came up to me was having such a transformation that they would cry. And I loved that. And at the same time as an empath, like I was having a really hard time (laughs) with like keeping my boundaries up and not feeling everything that everyone else was feeling. I'm not just talking about the attendees. I'm talking about my team members. I'm talking about like everyone. (laughs) So that was wild. And I learned a lot from it. But in the meantime, I've been I've been loving VIP days. So just wanted to throw that out there for people who are trying to find that experience of still still being able to connect with people without being able to do it in large groups. I wanted to ask you what was lighting you up in your business these days. And it sounds like that's certainly one of the things. Oh, my gosh. It's a huge cornerstone in the last year to my business is I serve a small group of like 10 to 12 people a year with VIP days. We do them online too. And those are incredibly special. And I always to surprise and delight them with a massage, wherever they're, whatever city they're in, because I still, I, I love doing that in Palm Springs. And so I like to add it in for people who I can't see in person, but yeah, that's been really incredible. And one of the clients you mentioned at the beginning, when you read my bio, Lynn Twist from Soul of Money Institute, they're like one of my favorite people to do like the online VIP days with, because I know their brand so well, we've been working together for several years. Um, But even for new clients, it's a great way to test out like the working process with them. And if you want to continue doing VIP days with them, instead of being committed to like a several week project with someone, that's been really fun and amazing for me. Mm, I've been talking to my coach about VIP days as an idea that's percolating. And I mean, 
I think it would be pretty magical, particularly in person. Although I love that you add in a massage. That's just so next level. And so you, but (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what the resistance is. I'm, I think I'm a little bit traumatized from offering day rates for so long. (laughs) Oh yeah. So much. Yeah, I structure them differently. Girl, talk to me like separately from this because I can tell you how I structure them. But just for everyone else, like I started out doing day rates where it was like you're committed to doing like six hours of work that a VI, well, uh, a day rate usually entails. I've actually switched it up. We do two 45 minute check ins and then usually all of the writing happens before the day and I have a team member supporting that. So that at least will give you a little piece to start thinking about Shanti. Like there's new ways to structure it that I feel like this is our business, our rules, right? Mm -hmm. So I definitely learned to restructure things so that it doesn't feel so intense. And, you know, like for the client too, if you're feeling tapped, they're going to feel that energy and, or like they are probably feeling tapped too. So yeah, let's talk about it more. Cause I, I'm in love with them and have made them work for me, but that's at least the first nugget I can give everyone is to think about how you're structuring your VIP days. If they're feeling intense for you. I love that. Yeah. Our business, our rules. hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. I'm going to box you separately about that. <laughs> uh... A question we love to start with, if you are open to answering it, is what's your sign? And if you know your human design, if you know your Enneagram, I know you're a disc master, like any of those sort of frameworks that resonate with you and how understanding those intricacies about yourself impact how you run your business. Yeah, so I definitely am a Virgo, but I have lots of signs in Scorpio, and my whole household is Scorpios, so, and I have one Leo, which, yeah, I love my children, but that one will run you over for damage and not look back. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been fascinating, um, and I often tell people to pray for me. Girl, I don't know if you knew this, but my two babies, Juno and Ashley, both have double Scorpio. Ooh, it's just a lot. They're so passionate. Whoa. We love their passion. Yes. It's just a lot. So yeah, the Virgo in me is very like detail oriented and, and loves her lists. And, you know, I'm super visual. I don't know if that comes from being a Virgo. And then I am not into Enneagram at all because I love DISC so much, and I feel like all of those things lead to the same, kind of point you towards the same posts or like guides about who you are. So for me, it's overwhelming to know all of them. So I just stick with DISC. I just know what color I am. I don't even think I do the colors correctly, but (laughs) the long and short of my DISC assessment, which I learned about recently that Eric Thomas has a really good quiz. There's someone else who has a quiz on it and I don't want to say his name because I'm not a fan of him. 
Oh, okay. Eric Thomas, though. I'm going to make a note of that. Yeah, if anybody wants to take the quiz and find out like what their results are, because I know some people love taking quizzes. A um, couple people on this call. <laughs> <laughs> Who, us? What? I'm like the opposite of you because I'm so into Enneagram that I have, like, I've used DISC to write, but I haven't really, like, done a, a deeper assessment of DISC of myself. So I actually don't really know what I would be for DISC. So I'm going to find this Eric Thomas chap and take his quiz after this, and then maybe I'll get back to you. I'll Instagram you. Oh, Hello. good. Yeah, please Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, and he's got great YouTube videos. So that being said, I... I'm a detail-oriented person What is what it boils down to. And I think in DISC, it's technically a blue, but I call myself a green because I took that whole system and recreated it and applied it to copy and made the colors my own and did all these things with it. So I kind of stray away from the specifics of, of what Eric teaches, but you'll get a lot just if you want to take the quiz, you'll get a lot of information from it. Cool. And just to know like what kind of decision maker you are as a buyer as well as like writing your copy for your business and understanding the buyer types that you're attracting. Oh, there's a whole world and we'll get into it a little bit today. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because we do the color coded copy stuff with clients, but I don't even know that Dawn knows that I learned a lot of that from you and we just, yeah, it's just something that we started talking about and implementing and that makes so much sense. It seems like everyone should know this and, and be doing it. But most people listening are probably like, <laughs> WTF, is there some sort of color paint by numbers copy approach that I don't know about? <laughs> like, what's the deal? Oh, I love can it. You yeah. fill it. Can you fill us in? Yeah, I know. It's when copywriters get on their, their like yeah. uh, marketing language, it's like we're, some people are on this planet with us and some of them are like, huh, you said what now? So yeah, let me break it down super simple for everybody today. I won't go deep on the colors because I'll tell you how to find out more about that towards the end of this conversation. But I want to give you like the simple framework. And my intention with this is always to give you something that you can implement right away from this conversation and give you as much as I can. So that being said, there are four types of buyers who land on your sales page, on your Facebook ads, on your Instagram, organic posts, whatever you are writing in terms of copy. The very simple way I say it is um, I help you with the words on your website to increase your sales or conversions, right? So Looking through the filter of the system that I've created, there are four types of buyers. There's the fast decision maker, the slow decision maker, the fun loving decision maker, and the deep connection decision maker. And when you write your copy, for example, for a sales page, you most likely want to appeal to all four buyer types. There are rare scenarios where you're like, I'm a high achieving leadership coach and I only want CEOs to buy my stuff. In that case, you're most likely only wanting fast decision makers to buy your stuff. And there are definitely specific ways to appeal to them. Um, and so I'll give you a few 
um, of those examples. And then we'll go into the other three buyer types as well. So for the fast decision makers, you want to have on your sales page a button right at the top because they are not going to read your whole sales page. <laughs> like that is just a given. They are they are the type who like within three, like I wouldn't even say that, like immediately their gut makes their decisions for them. There's a couple of things you can do on the sales page because they already know they want to buy from you to help them make that decision even faster. Like I mentioned, the button at the top. And usually I have that linked to the pricing section of the sales page. So it just kind of scrolls immediately down to the, the pricing section. It's called an anchor link. And so that way you get them to take that action and look at the pricing and, and go check out. The other thing I do near that button at the top is I have a testimonial right near pretty much all the buttons, but the one at the top is really important because that first testimonial near that first button, you really want to put like a household name of someone they know because they tend to be even more impressed. So going back to that live event we did in Niagara, we had a testimonial next to the buy button for the event and it was Laura Belgray because in the copywriting world, and we were wanting to attract a lot of copywriters as well as course creators, most people know her name. So they see Laura endorsing us. They see the button they're in, right? For those fast decision makers, but even faster, they're like, oh yes, I want this. Funny enough, I talked to a fast decision maker <laughs> recently and he was like, oh yeah, if you put my competition there as well, that makes me want to buy whatever they buy. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. You know, and I don't fully believe in competition. Like there's nuances to that conversation, but it was just interesting that that was how he thought specifically. So those are our fast decision makers. And I can kind of pause there. Don, Shanti, any questions about them? Or do you identify as them? I'm curious. I definitely identify as someone who gets really annoyed when I have to scroll a whole long form sales page to get to the pricing point. <laughs> like I understand the reasoning behind it and wanting to like lead people through it. But a lot of the time it's like, is this even what I'm looking for? Not necessarily like in budget, but like if it's a higher price point and I'm looking for something deeper, then I might be like, oh, okay, I'll look at it, right? And yeah. if it's a lower price point, I might be like, oh yeah, this $200 thing is probably not what I need right now. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere in between like a fast buyer and uh, and a deep connection buyer. Yeah, and and it so much depends on like, of course, ugh, like always, like what stage of awareness I'm already at. There are some things where like, just give me the buy now button. I'm like ready. Like if Joanna weeps putting it out, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll buy that, right? Whereas there's other things where, especially if I haven't heard of the person that much yet, I'm gonna want like tons of social proof or like you said, someone I recognize, whether it's Laura or someone not the creme de la creme or like top of the game, but someone that I recognize who's like been where I am or where I want to go. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So much good information in what you just said. Thank you for sharing all that. So yeah, it's interesting that you're a fast and deep connection decision maker. Sometimes those types of buyers can, but also just generally speaking, they can kind of, those two buyer types can compete with each other and do interesting things. Uh, that's probably going deeper than I fully will right now. But anyways, it fascinates me that you're, you identify as those two, but you're right. There's an awareness. And the other point I wanted to make to what you said, Don, is we have all four colors in us. 
or all four buyer decision types in us. It's just some show up more prevalently in certain situations, right? So I actually identify as a slow decision maker. So I'll go into that next. But interestingly, like I have to become the fun loving person when I'm teaching at a live event, right? So depending on who's in the room and what's going on, I might have to change how I present myself as well. Anyways, it's fascinating, right? Like once you start getting into it. (laughs) And also just so important because so often we get pushback on long form, like so often and not just Mm -hmm. like we, just everyone, you just get like, 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 you know, the whole, like people don't want to read thing. And so I think if you have that, if you're like armed with this, like there are different types of buyers, let me explain why this part of the sales page is for this one. And this part is for this one. I think as a copywriter, Mm, your authority might go a lot further with your clients if you can explain the reasoning behind why you put that copy in that place or that testimonial there or that design element. Yeah, it's the strategy that underpins the sales page. And often people ask me, and this perfect dovetail into why the slow decision maker is important because people often often ask me, do I really need the song of a sales page? I dislike long sales pages. Like they, they kind of rail against it. And I'm like, for the slow decision makers, they're going to read your entire page because they can't help themselves. They have this thing where they, once they start, they can't not finish, which is great. Like, I love these people because you want people who have that attribute on your team, right? Like You want them to support you in finishing the things that you had the idea to start as a fast decision maker. So the way these people relate to each other is also interesting and a bit of a side note. That being said, for those slower decision makers, they'll read your entire page. They will then turn around and email you questions. And often the reaction people have is like, I put so much time into my sales page and now you have more questions. Like, did you read the page? I stopped thinking like that because I realized, oh, this is a slower decision maker and they're about to buy. And if I answer these couple more questions and copy and paste them and put them in the FAQ for the next (laughs) slower decision maker, like they're doing me all the favors here. A, they want to buy. B, they're giving me more content for my sales page. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I have a totally different way of thinking about them as buyers. Even though I myself am a slow decision maker, I still fell into those traps of thinking like, why are they asking me so many questions? <laughs> now you know why. Yeah. I, feel like I that love really- when people ask questions. That is a perfect sign that someone is right on the cusp. Like the opposite of annoyance is, is my feeling when that happens. And I identify more with being a slow decision maker too. Mm. I'll wait till the last minute to buy something. And this is partly because I just nerd out on this stuff, but I'll read a whole long form sales page. And actually recently I was looking at buying this super expensive, fancy office chair. And clearly they think that their audience is mostly reds and fast decision makers. And their copy is just so like, just buy the thing, just buy the thing, you need it. Mm-hmm. And it really turned me off. I was like, no, I, I need more from you guys. I need more convincing. I need more stories of real people, who, how this chair has influenced their lives. Like, give it to me. And if you're not going to put in that level of effort, then I'm probably not going to buy from you. Yeah, I love this as an exam- example. Shanti, can I show you why I'll never buy an expensive office chair? And I'll explain it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Please do, because I'm still in the market for an office chair. Yeah. I'm holding two yoga blocks right now. Mm-hmm. I literally put these on the floor and I have a short table and that is better for your body and you feel more grounded because you're sitting on the floor. So I personally like to be near the floor versus in this high, like pricey chair. I just haven't fallen for that branding yet. Like maybe they'll get me one of these days. <laughs> but look, like I'm not judging people who want to buy the Chanel of chairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just love my yoga blocks so much. Well, the funny thing about this chair is it's like a yoga chair. So you can sit cross-legged in <laughs> of it. Of course it is. Meant to like support your yoga postures and one of the lines of copy was like this is like a baby step before sitting on the floor and I was like I sit on the floor all the time (laughs) I didn't own a couch until we moved into this new house like we just had this four inch cushion and no no chairs no couch no kitchen table so all of this chair business is pretty new to me well, it's not that new because Tarzan bought one for Sandra last year for Christmas. I don't really like know Tarzan personally, but I was following like am following her and I saw it like in the stories on Instagram. And then I saw that Sandra had one. Sandra's our OBM. She um she was like a couple podcasts back. Um Anyway, and I was like, Shanti, you need this. And like sent it to her <laughs> right away. But again, I think that's the like. Slow decision maker, right? Like that was uh-huh. in my brain. Uh-huh. A year later, I'm like, oh, I need a chair. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't get me. They, mm-hmm. they didn't I, quite capture me. I think there's something um, that Sage was speaking about earlier and that sits with what you're speaking to about connection. And I feel like. Uh, to me, I'm like, I think deep connection might be all of these buyers because I think a slow buyer, if someone's slow, read your whole sales page and then emailed you, they really just might be looking to find out like, will I be able to contact this person? How do they respond to feedback or questions? And like, I wonder if there was a chat on that chair page that you were just on. And if there had been, you might've been like, can you tell me more about this? And then like been able so I want to say like, oh, it feels to me like that chat, that chat thing might be a good way to like find, find the connection point or like at least connect with, with more of, more of the buyers. I also want to say that like, seems like everyone in e-commerce thinks that all they have to do is like have a pic, not everyone who, who am I to say that, but like have a picture and then like a short product description and then be yeah. like, buy now. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like that's like a $2,000 chair, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, I can't remember, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is all fascinating. So that's a really good dovetail to the deep connection decision maker that having the chat on the page is a great way for them to connect with you and feel connected to you. Um, so that is one thing that you could certainly have for those types of buyers. And the other thing is they really connect funny enough to like strong branded photography Mm, that tells that, that connects to the story you're telling on the page. So this is one of those cases where people are like, do I need to tell my story on a sales page? Yes, you do for the deep connection decision makers. They're going to most identify with you through your story. And when those images reinforce that story, it's Mm. like this really enticing thing for them. The last thing that they also love is video. If you have a video of you, they feel very connected to you. 
So those all kind of appeal to the deep connection decision makers and will help them make their buying decision. And even putting video like in your emails, I use a tool called BombBomb. I'm sure it's been talked about before on this podcast. Am I guessing right? Not yet. I don't know. It's everything. Okay. Uh, It's B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B. And I use it to, when you make a video, you embed it directly in your email. They can push play from the email. It's got this like tantalizing red button. It tells them how long the video is before they click it. And it makes a GIF of you, which again, like that moving video situation for deep connection decision makers, they're like, ooh, la la, let me click this. So, <laughs> so those are some, some tips and tricks for them that work really well. And yeah, I love my deep connection decision makers because they'll write me and tell me stories as well. And I'm like, oh, I know who you are. Welcome. <laughs> so it's interesting, Don, that you categorize yourself as that. Do you still categorize yourself as that? As like a, as a deep connection person? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Don't all the way. I don't even have to ask her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think to pull in another framework into this, not to confuse people, but if anyone's listening, that's familiar with human design. So like as a projector too, Mm -hmm. I am way more likely to do something if I feel invited Mm -hmm. and the highest level of invitation is that personal sense of connection and like, yeah, we really want you in this program, or we'd love for you to be our customer. Like this is perfect for you. And feeling that too is another layer of Mm -hmm. what we're talking about. I would say like manifesting generators are probably more in the fast decision maker category and generators. I don't know, Don, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like, I think I mostly only identify as a fast decision maker because I'm like either not a buyer or I'm a buyer. And so, right. And I probably am already connected to what I'm going to buy before I do it to become like a fast decision. Like, I just got a Kindle, which I mean, honestly, actually, also shout out to Amazon customer service. I spent a couple hours with them yesterday and had the best experience ever, but I only got a Kindle because like, I just like saw Shanti with her, but her, she's got like a Kobo or whatever. So I saw her using it and she's like, Oh, books are so heavy now. And I just remember being like, (laughs) (laughs) right. And, um, and it took, and then I've been listening to audiobooks for like a year now and my phone is full. So the only reason I went to that is because I already like had a connection through a friend with like, cause I'm like, a, like, hold, let me hold these books. Right. And then I went to buy it and I was like, I don't know, just give me the biggest one. I will, I'll probably get the most, not biggest, but like, you know, the 30, 32 gigabyte, like I'll probably get the one that I can hold as many books as possible on because like, I'm like deeply connected to the like want of having this more easeful device for reading. So yeah, I think I'm probably deep connection first. I am a generator um, with my own like, oh, I don't want to be a generator um, <laughs> feelings about it. And yeah, I think that, but I, I, yeah, I don't buy a lot of things. So by the time I like land on a sales page, I've probably already almost made up my mind that if it fits in 
what my like budget imaginings are and is what I'm looking for. Like I've probably already spoken to three people and asked them what they suggest and who they would go with or what have mm. you. And that's why, like, by the time I get there, of course, I'm also like totally love nerding out on sales pages. So I'm still going to read the whole sales page. I just want to like, be able to like, find out how much this thing is at the beginning and how long it is too, like what the workload is or what have you. But yeah, I connect most with not being a buyer, which is probably funny <laughs> to being a person who like writes things to get people to buy things. <laughs> I love it all. So um, it's interesting also, Shanti, we could go one deeper on something you said, which was being a deep connection decision maker and hearing, we want you, this is perfect for you. So something that I do when I can personalize the pitch even more, I do. So there is like an email I'll send out with a video um, using BombBomb that's kind of like directed towards the entire audience. And then if I can, depending on the offer, especially if it's a high ticket offer, I will look at who's clicking on my sales page for the offer and I will make them a video just for them to say, this is perfect for you. I don't always know if they're a deep connection decision maker, but I know that it's going to strike a chord with a lot of them to feel like, oh, Sage specifically is walking me through why I need this and why she wants me in. So I do love using, you know, that data that you have at, at your fingertips and, and personalizing the pitch when I can. So that, that also feels really special. And I feel like this is a good time to jump to the last decision maker, the fun loving folks. Are we ready? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So, okay. These people are the life of the party. I love having them around. They are so fun. And I like a really like diverse and inclusive community in in terms of personality types, right? So the fun-loving decision makers are those people that when they hit a sales page, they like music lyrics and puns, funny gifts. I wouldn't overuse them in a sales page. I usually wait till the very end to use those kind of things. But those touch points will keep them reading through your sales page. They really like to be entertained, basically. Um, so funny metaphors, all of those things. I remember one of my clients, she was very much like her offers were like, come to my digital porch. She's from the South. Let's drink lemonade together. Using words like that. Also saying like, grab your sun hat, darling. She was that kind of person. So I was just kind of putting it into the language for her. So having those, those phrases throughout the, the page is really fun for them. And they are also the type to wait till the very end to buy. And I remember someone who was a fun-loving decision maker. She wrote me and she's like, it was the very last email before the offer was closing because it was a closed door launch. And she's like, I don't know what I'm getting into. And I was like, really? You don't know what you're getting into after the 15 emails and the forever long sales page that I sent you. <laughs> She's like, but count me in. And I was like, awesome. Come in girl. <laughs> so, and the thing is like every call, right? Like they're consistently late to the call, but when they show you love that they're there because they light the whole room up. <laughs> love those people. Yes. I love it. And as a slow decision maker, um, we tend to always be on time, if not early. I'm sure you saw, like I was in the Zoom room before you guys were there. Um, <laughs> 
And so like, I used to get offended when fun loving folks would like fly in the door 10 minutes late. Like I was here already. Where were you? Now I bring my journal and I'm just like, yeah, count it on my clock. They'll be here in 10 minutes. (laughs) So I love that so much. And that thing you just said, like I used to get offended kind of brings me to a question that I had for you after reading your uh, website, which is like, you are defining yourself as a conscious launch coach. And I don't mean to sag us away from, from the personality types and the colors, but I want to know what that means to you. And if, if it's time, please share if, if that works for you. Oh yeah, that's a great segue. And that was definitely what I had to say about the personalities and biotypes. So I feel complete on that. And being a conscious coach is something that I've stepped more and more into these last couple of years. And to me, it partially means like understanding consent and marketing even more deeply, being empathic and leading with empathy when it comes to approaching sales. It also means advocacy for people who whose voice is not always heard and should be an activism, social activism, in-person activism in my community. The biggest thing that I've learned from it all is, so that's why I brought the word conscious in, because I was starting to think more about the reach and the influence and the power and the privilege that I hold, the sometimes unearned privilege, and how can I Uh, contribute in a more positive way to my community. So that being said, like, you know, this also harkens to if someone's listening to this at a much later time, it's 2022, we're two years deep into the pandemic. The U.S. has had all kinds of unrest. And so I couldn't not lead with those things in my business if I wanted to have a business. Um, For me personally, this is my values I'm talking about. So One way that I've integrated that as well into my business is like, I do love prayers and donations. I think they're super important. And I've started as a piece of my business to offer pro bono hours to certain communities and folks that I want to support that I just really believe in their message. So that's something I've encouraged other business owners to do. And I know it, it landed with Shanti. She, she saw me talk about it and she was like, oh yeah, I can give my hours and my expertise. Mm. So I do call other business owners in and say like, let's do this. Like, let's do beyond what you might already currently be doing. Have you thought about giving your expertise to communities that, that need support and are already doing the advocacy or activism work? Like don't reinvent. I heard, um, Gary, oh, Gary, what's your last name? Orville, I think he has a book about black leaders. Talk about this. He's like, the wheels have been invented already when it comes to activism. Let's not reinvent it. Just go support the people who have already created the wheels. And I loved that. I was like, yes. So good. Yeah. So that's, that's been a really important piece of my business because as I'm out here selling things in a time where money has only gotten weirder for some people and harder and more intense, I want to feel good about the people who do invest and where my time then goes when they invest in my business. So that's kind of the whole 
reason why I'm into it. And yeah, it's been beautiful. I, I feel, I want to feel good every time I show up in my business and that has helped me to feel really good. Mm. Yeah. I feel like you've been doing this for years now, just Mm -hmm. quietly in the background, supporting and teaching and showing up and offering your gifts and skills to communities and causes that connect with your heart. And it's so, so beautiful to me. It's not even like you're like shouting about it from the rooftops. It's just, it resonates and makes sense. And I continue to be inspired by that and will admit to still being mostly in the sphere of ideas of like, okay, where, where could I show up and help just be a helper and support an already existing wheel. Yeah. You know, as a deep connection decision maker, I have to say that's how you roll. (laughs) So just know that's a part of your personality. Like you're a great idea generator. So I think it's finding a container for those ideas for someone else to implement on. If that helps you, I'm kind of jumping in. I can't help myself to start coaching. (laughs) But that being said, like it's, it's a part of your personality. And so again, like understanding your own personality, me being a slower decision maker, I want to implement, like, I'm going to give you, you can come up with the ideas and I will implement for you. So, um, that's worked really well for me. Um, and even, I guess to go one step further, there's a community that I've, I've loved and I've, I've known the leader for 10 years now. Her name's Avita Turquoise Robinson, and she runs the Nomadness Travel Tribe, which is essentially trying to open up the travel world, even during this pandemic, in her own specific way. She's found, you know, ways to educate people in her community, which is mostly Black and brown people, and 85% of them are And so she hosts panels where she brings in indigenous people and asks them, like, how can we be your ally? She's brought all these different Hispanic ally panels, all of these groups. So one thing I did was to attend her events that were online. Um, The other thing I did is gave her all of my templates for copy to help her sell whatever she wants to sell. And like I personalized it to whatever launch she was doing. So that's how I've shown up as an ally. And it, I hope it gives other people ideas of how they might do that. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I suppose we do do that, Dawn. We're pretty like, oh, yeah, this person needs it. Give it to them. And I am, I don't even think of that factoring in, but of course it does. In my mind, I'm like, oh, it has to be this like big big thing, but little acts of contribution and generosity add up, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. That's such a great point. Yeah. Don't undermine what you're able to give because look, we've got a lot of our own responsibilities and even the little things make huge shifts. Even Shanti, like the fact that you're growing your own food. I grow my own food. I have a much smaller land than you. I have a backyard that wraps around the front, but it's something I've gotten into. And I saw that recently, I forget what it was. It was like a trailer for a documentary about helping out the world. So going back to what we were saying, Shanti, like you with growing your food, like that's a contribution in my opinion, a huge one that we need right now more than ever. Yeah. Dawn and I are both really inspired by healing the soil and regenerative agriculture and within our like 
local community, what can we do to heal the earth? And, and this land in particular, like is stolen land and they flooded the entire fertile ground, quite literally. That's yeah. the name of our future group program, but like the fertile ground got flooded. So a dam could come in and create electricity Actually, so like many dams could come in. We're like kind of right. at the top and it goes all the way down, like through Oregon um, and through California. And then they didn't even like put generators on most of the dams. So like, anyway, I'm not oh, yeah. go there yeah. yet. But Intense history, but yeah. How can we help to heal that giant scar? Like, mm-hmm. I think also when we are preoccupied by doing something big or rather, I think what I'm trying to say is the smaller things we do to support, I love that idea of the wheels that are already in action. They Mm -hmm. allow us to, I like using the word spend our privilege. So they allow us to spend our privilege without putting ourselves on the stage there's no like when you're tra- when you're trying to do something really big, it might be more about ego. And I don't mean that mm. necessarily, but when you can do big things from behind the scenes that will like let like help lift people up and they and they won't ever be visible. And I think that that is like mm, just better. <laughs> it's OK to be yeah. visible, too. Right. If you've got a, if you've got a cause, and you want to champion it and you want to be there. But I think about like even. The way <laughs> I think about like the sequins y'all were wearing, like maybe like three or four years ago, and and just like this like image that we were putting out there as like these like successful copywriters who uh, like look and act and be a certain way, and I feel like the people that I saw doing that a couple of years ago have all like stepped back become a little bit like more natural and then are doing like big work behind the scenes to empower people. So I think that's a, it's a, a funny metaphor, but I think there's something really special about doing little things every day or most days that can um, move causes forward without needing you to be the voice of the cause or the face of the cause and I think that can be a really beautiful way to support and and even like I don't know like hiring people like there's like you, you can hire people who might never have had the chance to like step out of like say like um a service-based job. Like there's so many smart people in the world who don't know about copywriting as a way to uh, like empower your life. And so if, if you, and this is what I, I was thinking too, Sage, when you were speaking is like, when we reach a certain point in our careers, we have the ability to give back more. And and before that, we might just like, you know, it's a cliche, but like the cup is empty. So like at the end of the day, you're like, I'm just going to make some like Annie's and cheese and like zone out on Netflix and like hope that one day I can do more for the world. Right. But when we reach a certain point where there's like enough money coming in or even you're just not struggling to find your next client or something, then you're not going to see someone coming to you asking for help and be like, maybe this could be a client. You can be like, yeah, sure. 
I can gift you 200 pages of templates and let me know if you want to hop on a call to figure out how to turn this into selling your program that's going to like bring so much goodness into the world. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for defining what conscious means to you. And also just like, yeah, being an inspiration because that's another way that we can like empower change is just to be the person doing the thing. I love that. And I have two quick resources to share. So I actually just shared this on my Instagram stories today and I try to share her every once in a while. So there's a woman named Jen. She, I think she's in Oregon. She, I can't remember her last name at the moment, but she started out as a copywriter and pivoted her entire business, not recommending everyone do this, but it was fascinating that she did this to create a newsletter called Americans of Conscious Checklist. And it's a newsletter that I get on the regular. I just donated to them today because I really felt like I looked more deeply into how they're spending their money. Like all those things that you want to make sure it's like money that's going to go and be spent actually towards the cause. And just like all the incredible things she's doing. It was just fascinating to me. I didn't realize she was a copywriter until today. And I started reading more deeply about her story as I was getting ready to like, think about if I wanted to donate again, slow decision maker needed all the details, (laughs) but I wanted to share that with everyone. And I just remember the name of Gary's book, because I mentioned him earlier about activism is where have all the black leaders gone? So he recently released that book. And girl, I still wear my sequins. Don't I'm not saying, <laughs> I know, I'm not saying not to. I'm just saying like, since I came up in the copy world, I've seen a shift, which doesn't mean you weren't conscious before too, right? Totally. But I've seen a shift from like, it's um, true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I was thinking about it earlier when we were talking too. Just, yeah, just a shift from like, I think copywriters, there's this funny dichotomy where we're like behind the scenes so much of the time. And then in order to like be in the place where you're going to like attract those like celebrity clients, right? You do need to be able to put yourself out there in this like celebrity mode. But then if you're trying to like also do activism, that might be a good time to be like not in the celebrity mode, right? Like totally depending. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with sequins. I wish my sequin dress still fit me. <laughs> but maybe I'll have to expand. <laughs> yeah. well, and okay, some like so- eco-friendly sequins. They must exist too. Yes, totally. <laughs> they do. Um, vintage. People are buying more vintage now instead of yeah. buying new pieces. And um, I just hired a stylist, which is why I'm like, yeah, I'm still in the sequin world. Um, <laughs> and I, I haven't worked with her for two years because there have been no stages but funny enough I was like I'm gonna upgrade my style for me like this is not for the outside world and yes I will wear them out but like yeah that really felt good this year but it took me a long time to want to do that again again slow decision makers so you know (laughs) yeah yeah shout out to Mirella who's in our DCA affiliate group because she is a stylist and does such beautiful work and specializes in bringing consciousness to the whole fashion conversation. So yeah, like the vintage, eco-friendly, like fair labor stuff. And not just that, but the elements of self-expression that comes Mm -hmm. through your physical personal style and how to communicate certain things without words 
So good. That's incredible. I know you attract the best people, but that sounds amazing as per usual. (laughs) We'll throw her link in to the show notes. Yeah. Well, gosh, Sage, what you got going on right now? Where can people find you and learn more about your magic? And we did mention the sweet freebie that you have for everyone listening. So and you need a special link. I know. You <laughs> I love it. Sagepolaris.com forward slash Shanty Rocks. You can check that out and we'll pop the link below. But beyond that, where is the best place to connect with you? Okay. So I have a beta filming of the color-coded copy system. Cool. Will people hear this before January 19th? Yeah, they will hear it. We can make it so. Yeah. Oh. I love you for that. Thank you. (laughs) So it's a two week, no charge beta course. And I would love for everyone to come join me. It's one of the most incredible. I only was able to do it once last year, but it's just the most incredible thing I get to do. And I really go deep on those four buyer types we were talking about. And I show you examples of how to apply the color coded copy system to your own copy. And I do, I'm really blessed. I'm able to give a free trip away to Palm Springs. Like it's special. So if you want to join that and you're listening to this, even if you come in, the whole thing ends by the 30th, January 30th. So if you just come in this month, um, go to sageplayers.com slash guest and you can come hang with us there. And I'm also very meta. I like to help people craft their VIP days. So as a VIP day, so if you want to experience that, (laughs) come play with me. It's another one of my favorite things to do. And otherwise, like I'm around when I'm in a launch, I may not always be the one to DM you, but I love Instagram. It's kind of my new thing. I'm getting into making reels and all that good stuff. So that's another place. So I'm around and I would love to connect more deeply with everyone in your audience. And I'm just so, so excited to be able to have this conversation and congratulations. I just want to say I'm putting together this podcast. I, from what I have gathered, it's relatively new. Mm-hmm. So well Thank done you. ladies and Don. it's so incredible to see how you and Shanti do this together. It's just like, yeah, I can't wait. I know whatever you guys create this year is going to be incredible. And I look forward to supporting you. Thank, Aww, you. thank you so much. This is such a rich, beautiful conversation. I can't wait to share it with mm-hmm. our world. Thank you, Sage, for all that you are and all that you do and all that you will do. My pleasure, love. Whoa, look at you listening to the very end. We are so deeply grateful for you and borderline obsessed with hearing what resonated most and how you're taking the seeds planted in these conversations and sowing them in your life and business. It would mean more than you know if you would share this episode with a friend or subscribe, rate, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Your reviews tell the algos behind the apps that we are worth pressing play on. So please, if you're feeling generous, take two minutes to share the love. And if you are curious around what your unique advantage is 
in this wild and wacky online world, take the unfair advantage quiz at shandyzack.com forward slash UA quiz. And thank you again, sunshine. Go light up the world and we'll see you next time.